Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Hey, I'm Bob Wheeler, host of Money You Should Ask podcast and The Money Nerve. This is week four of March Money Mindset. This week, we're giving away three one-on-one private consultations with yours truly, me. During that hour, you'll be able to talk about money blocks, money beliefs, or anything financial, whatever's on your mind. Visit themoneynerve.com forward slash fresh start 2021, or click on the link below in the description for your chance to enter. Be sure and join us next week for the final week of March Money Mindset. Our next guest, Chloe Elise, is a 25-year-old millennial money coach who helps millennials pay off debt, actually get ahead with their finances, and save for big future investments. After paying off over $36,000 of debt in 18 months and seeing how it transformed her life, Chloe decided to show other 20 and 30-somethings how to create the life for themselves too. Her mission is to make finances fun and easy for millennials and prove that you can enjoy your young adulthood and still get ahead with money. Chloe is an expert in negotiating, gaining confidence around money, and advocates for her clients to optimize their finances instead of sacrificing the things they love. By mastering her personal and business finances, Chloe grew her business to multiple six figures within her first year. And now she helps entrepreneurs make a seamless jump from corporate by mastering their business finances too. Chloe's clients are proof that you don't have to wait until you're 60 to have financial freedom, and it's possible to travel, save big, and become massively wealthy now. Chloe, it is so great to have you here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. All right, and you are coming to us from Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, Kansas City, Missouri. Are you a Chiefs fan? Yes, absolutely I am. (laughs) I'm a bandwagon Chiefs fan. I moved to Kansas City about two years ago, right when the Chiefs are getting good. And I never had an NFL team before then. So I'm now a Chiefs fan. I'm now a Chiefs fan. (laughs) Well, that's a good team to pick. I like like the Chiefs. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So you are a millennial and you are helping other people. Um, Did your parents talk to you about money growing up? No. In fact, one of the main things I learned about money was that it was something you didn't talk about. Um, Especially Mm. my household, money conversations were hush-hush. If I asked something like, how much is that? Or why can't we have that? It was very... I mean, I knew that I was going to be met with some like, Chloe, that's disrespectful. That's rude. You don't talk about that. And so I always had it as this idea of like, okay, I guess you just ignore it. I I took that idea of you don't talk about it to, you don't look at it. You don't think about it. You just push it off into, you know, that back corner room and you don't think about it. And so that really showed up in my life too, growing up. And did you like, did you get an allowance? Did you get any kind of financial anything as a kid other than don't talk about it? Yeah. So definitely when we had, you know, like a $5 Easter card from grandma or something like that, my parents would say, you you know, you always need to be saving. You always need to be saving. And so I would put a couple dollars here and there um, into a college fund, but I never really had like a weekly or monthly allowance every so often. I, and I, I asked sparingly, I knew not to ask a lot, but I would ask for, can I have $20 to go to the movies with my friends or something? But the second I was 14, 
I had like multiple jobs. I taught private swimming lessons and some of them were a little under the table because I was only 14. (laughs) So I taught private swimming lessons. I babysat. I worked at the fairgrounds at the root beer float stand. And ever since then, you know, going from in high school and college, I had multiple part-time jobs in order to pay for everything that I did. And so from there on out, I learned, you know, you have to work really, really hard to make money. And so that's what I did. But I also didn't know how to handle money. So no matter how much I made, I always had about the same amount in my account, which was like maybe $30, $40, because everything I made, I either spent or I lost or I didn't know how to handle it. And so definitely was instilled with this belief early on of you have to work really hard and that making money is really hard and keeping money is really hard. Yeah. And did you, and so you brought that into your young adulthood. Did you bring like, what, what beliefs did you bring in? Was that some of what you brought in initially? Um, For sure. So I, I would say my, my top belief at that point was, you know, you have to work really, really hard just to get by. That was like my number one belief. And the second belief that it really took me a long time to learn was a belief was that money Mm -hmm. is really stressful. And for me in my journey, I was, you know, I I was working really hard in high school to make pretty good money for a high schooler, but still felt broke, still felt like I had nothing. And then I went to college, same thing. I was picking up more hours, more jobs, more anything. I was in that like hustle stage, anything I could do to make more money. I was donating plasma so I could buy groceries. I mean, I was like hustling for money. And you were working it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And every time, no matter what was in my bank account, no matter how many hours I worked that week, anytime I went to buy something, I immediately felt so stressed. I mean, I would be like sweating if I was on the phone. I'd be like, okay, I got to go because I'm checking out at the grocery store. Like it was so stressful. And I always thought, it was stressful because I, because money was stressful at that point. And if I just made more, money wouldn't be stressful. And not to skip ahead too far, but um, on... So then I kind of started figuring out money. We can talk more about this journey, but I started figuring out money a little bit, really struggled, but ended up learning and teaching myself how to get ahead. And so I ended up paying off I be, all my debt. I paid off $36,000 in 18 months at 22 years old. And I remember this so vividly. This was the day I learned about this belief. I remember this so vividly. I became debt-free. I was like, oh my, I can't believe I did it. This is so awesome. And I go to that day, I had to buy groceries or something. And I go to buy them and I'm at the checkout counter. I'm buying them. And immediately my whole body's like, I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm debt-free. Like I shouldn't feel this way. And so I told myself, well, it's just because my emergency fund isn't big enough. Like then I'll feel, then I won't feel stressed. So then fast forward, you know, however long, six months, I, the, I like finished my emergency fund. I'm like, yes, that later that week I go to the store and all of a sudden I'm so stressed when I'm at checkout. And I had this epiphany where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not about what's in my bank account. It's that I believe that money's stressful. And so I am therefore always stressed about money. And I love that you talk so much about your beliefs because I can, one of my biggest childhood memories, um, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which means I'm like very loud. I'm very excited. I always want to make you know, everything fun. And I can remember as a kid being six, seven, whatever, and being at the grocery store. And every time we got in the checkout lane, my mom would be like playing with me in the store and throwing paper towels back and forth. But then when we got to the checkout lane, it was like, Chloe, don't touch anything. I need you to not talk right now. And I could tell she was stressed. And so it was such a big stressor for me. And, And that epiphany of like, 
holy cow, it's not about the money. It's about what I believe to be true about money. And so that was a, a huge wake up call for me on one of those, you know, more prominent beliefs that I'd had. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I think people don't realize how uh, how much importance we attach to these beliefs when we're a kid, right? You're six years old. You just know we can have fun in the grocery store, but when we get to the cashier, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's going to be horrible. And so then you get to repeat that and reaffirm that it's scary and stressful. Um, did, did you, were there other things that you remember in childhood that like, I know they didn't talk a lot about money, but were there other things? Did you know that your parents talked about money? Like was, or was that a conflict or do you remember anything else, um, besides don't ask, um, and don't look? Yeah, for sure. So I knew, I would say I knew my place on how we fell on the financial scale of like how Mm. we were doing. Um, I knew, and I remember feeling embarrassed about where we were when I would go to school and all the other kids would have like the Lisa Frank, right? That was like the cool thing, the Lisa Frank binders. And I had the off-brand ones because my parents would say, well, you can't afford that. Like we can't afford to have that. And so I remember I, I, I connected, okay, we can't buy this, which is what I was told to, I'm embarrassed because other people can And so I remember tying a lot of shame to where we were at financially and also understanding, I'd hear my parents say all the time, like, no matter, you know, no matter how hard you work, like that's just how it is. And that's just what it is. So not Mm. only was I tying that where we were at made me feel embarrassed, but I also tied it to, I will always be this way. Like, this is what's possible for me. I will grow up, work really hard, but no matter how hard you work, this is what the, what is my reality. And so that was a big one for me too, because when that's your belief, you make all of your decisions based on that belief and those decisions lead to your outcomes, which are then staying in that same place, staying stuck. And so everything that I, all of my actions reaffirm that belief that I'm stuck there and I'll always be stuck there. And so it it was just one of those things where it was like, just, I was caught in this self-fulfilling prophecy, like a lot of people are without realizing that we're on autopilot from the beliefs that we created at eight years old with an underdeveloped brain when we were like running around watching Lion King with like no pants on. Like those are <laughs> right. the same beliefs. And if you're not updating them in your, you know, as you're an adult, you, your life will continue to run on this autopilot reel based on those same beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even in college, they don't really tell us uh, hey, it's time to shift some of those beliefs that you learned as a kid. Uh, they just like let us loose, right? And yeah. so what what prompted you to get conscious that started to get you intentional, that started to get you curious about, wow, I'm reaffirming these old beliefs? Yeah, so honestly, I would say I was kind of like, you know, forced into it by the universe is how I would put it. Because (laughs) when I first started trying to figure out my finances, which at the time I was like going through a breakup and I was just, I felt so out of control. And like, that was the thing I latched onto was if I just could get control over one area of my life. And for some reason I chose finances, then I would at least feel more in control, like total. So that was kind of what started me with finances. But at the time I thought, all this belief and mindset and like, man, I thought all of that was just complete 
you know, false. And I, th- I thought it was dumb. And I was like, who would, oh, you're just going to like think your way out of it and change how you think. And <laughs> I thought it was dumb. I did. And so I tried to very, you know, masculine energy. I tried to systemize my way out of it and like logistical, you know, all this. And I would pay off debt and I would do this. And I kept hitting these roadblocks where I would reach a new goal and then I would self-sabotage back to where I was. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I know how to budget. I know how to do this, but what's wrong? And so that's when I started being like, all right, like maybe I should try figuring this out. Maybe I should try to like read a book or listen to a podcast or do this just to learn about it. And that's really when I was doing all of the right things when it came to the logistical side of it, but I was doing nothing with the mindset side of it. And I kept bumping up because, you know, the logistics can only get you so far until you are going to literally self-sabotage back into this normal zone that you're used to and that your beliefs will allow you um, to only grow within those boundaries. So that was really when I was like, all right. And, And then I started to kind of play around, dabble in this whole mindset arena. And I started having these massive breakthroughs. And that's when I was like, holy cow, there's something to be said about having the practical and having the mindset. It was just this like unstoppable force that I'd never felt before. That is so awesome. And I'm curious, as you've had success, um, did the relationship with your parents change? Did they get nervous for you? Um, did they still like, oh, Chloe, be careful, be careful? Um, or did they go, hey, look what she's doing. Let's try that too. Like, how did that dynamic uh, change if it did? For sure. Yeah. So we joke about that. I'm really close with my family. We joke about this all the time. Um, especially when, so I was in corporate, I had basically transformed my own finances and I was like, I, I feel like I discovered the secret, right? Like a year and a half ago, I was the girl donating plasma for groceries and now I was debt free. Like how did like, this is crazy. And I thought if I can do this, I can show anyone else how to do this. And I need to, right? Because I just unlocked the secret. That's how I felt. And so from there, Um, you know, I was like, I want to start a business. I want to, I really am passionate about this. I've always loved entrepreneurship. And so I, I started, you know, the company deeper than money that I own now a financial literacy company. And, you know, my parents were like, that's a cute little thing you got going on. That's a fun little, (laughs) it's cute. And I was like, I'm serious. This is going to be big. And I told my parents about like two months into start to starting this business. I said, I'm going to quit my job in six months. And I had this like steady, great corporate job that I really liked, but I just knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And they were like, you can't do that. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Why would you leave your steady corporate job? Why would you do this? And, and I was like, listen, those are your beliefs. I appreciate you projecting them onto me, but like, I'm just watch me. And it had always been my like lifelong dream to retire my mom from her job and to come work for me. And so I was like, just wait, I'm going to, figure out how to be a full-time entrepreneur and then I'm going to hire you. And they're kind of like, yeah, okay. So six months later, I quit my corporate job, grew my business to six figures within the first year. And then a year after I was able to retire my mom from her Mm. job to come work for me full-time. And so I think that was a really big moment for them when they were like, they, they kind of joked that they were like, we just kind of stopped doubting you. Like we still had our beliefs about what was true, but you just seemed to like break all of them. And so whatever. So I think that point I kind of like earned, kind of had my credibility of like, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, but I think also it's just, it, 
I question them a lot and they, I mean, you know, they always are like, Chloe, but I'm, I'm, I'm always doing it. And they'll say, well, you can't do that. Or like, they can't do that. I'm like, well, why? Like, who, who told you that? Is that true? Or like, do you believe that? And they're like, oh, okay, fine. It's a belief and I'm choosing this belief. And so I don't think that it's necessarily, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I now feel confident enough to have those conversations where before I was like, I'm still learning this. So who am I to question you and all of this? And so now it's more this like fun, playful banter where we we talk about money openly. And even though it still is uncomfortable uncomfortable for them a lot of times, I still make it happen. I mean, we're at the family dinner, you know, dinner table, and I'm like, oh, you got a bonus. How much was it? Let's talk about it. Like I'm all, you know, I'm all yeah. about like the transparency. And so it's been a really fun dynamic. And also I'm just so proud of them because of how many moves they've made with finances since I've started doing this. And since we've started having conversations about working toward their retirement or making this decision over this. And so it, it's been just such a fun, and I'm a big believer that when you heal your finances, it's not just about you. You're healing future generations. You're healing your kids, you know, like their stuff or your future kids. But you're also going back and like healing that, those generational yeah. cycles that you likely have been stuck in. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree that you're healing the bloodline uh, forwards and backwards. And um, I'm curious um, because I think this is so important for people out there. How did you start to make the distinction that is this true or is this a belief, right? Because that's an important question. And I asked this question, but like, when was that moment to be able to say to your parents, is this a belief? Because a lot of times it is, right? Most of our information is belief. I think only like maybe something like 12% is actual fact. And and the majority of it is just like, no, no, that's what I read. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I have this worksheet that I make my clients go through and I give them no guidance before it. All I say is here is a, you know, here's a document. It has like 50 different things, 50 different sentences, statements, if you will. And I tell them, write a T if it's true, if it is 100% true, and write a B if it's a belief. And so I'll write things like debt is bad. Um, there are seven days in the week. Gravity is real. Um, you'll always have debt. I'm bad with money. Like I write all these things. And just, I say, don't overthink it. Just write, is it true or is it a belief? And then afterwards I tell them, you know, the actual difference of like, Things that are true are true for everyone, no matter what, no exceptions. Things that are a belief are something that you can change. They can be true for you in your life or they can not be true, right? Um, and so if they say, and then we'll challenge them. So somebody will say, well, I will always have student loans. And so I'll say, okay, do you know, is that true for everyone? And they'll say, well, you know, that's not true for you or that's not true for her. And I'm like, okay, well then how come... If it's true, how come it can apply to you, but it can't apply to her? Like, can gravity only apply to some people here? Like, how does this, you know, how does this work? Or like the, um, I don't know. And it's hard. It actually is really hard to like find things that are true, like off the top of your head. Because right. so many things. <laughs> there's such a small amount of things that are actually true, which is crazy. Um, yeah. And so they'll say, well, no, then, I, I mean, I guess it doesn't apply to everyone. So then it must be a belief. And, I'll, and then I'll say, cool. Is that a belief that you want to keep? Or is it one that you'd like to update because there are beliefs I want to keep, right? Like there are things right. I believe about equality and about loving people and about that, that I want to believe, I want to keep, 
but there are right. also beliefs that are stopping me from getting the thing that I want or like achieving right. the goals I want. And so those are the, the, the things where I'm like, okay, let's challenge that first. We have to get the person or whoever to understand and, and realize like, okay, that is a belief. So that's step one. And a lot of times the struggle is updating it instead of, and so I'll, I'll encourage people, including my parents or whoever to say, instead of going from I'll always be in debt to I will become debt free and a millionaire and everything will be great and whatever, just change it to, I can pay off debt. And then from right. there you can change it to, I, I'm going to pay off debt. And then from there, you can change it to, I'm worthy of being debt-free or I'm worthy of this goal. And you can constantly go, instead of going from A to Z, go from A to B and then B to C. And then, you know, and then keep updating this belief until it's this belief that really serves you. And there's even beliefs where, you know, three years ago, I made a belief and I updated it and I was like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm updating this new belief where I'm like, I don't know what that new belief, that new belief sucks. I want, I want to update that even further. And so really having those conversations with my parents too, which was your original question about just saying like, okay, now that we've identified it's a belief, is that a belief that you want to keep? And is it, is it something that you're willing to, to update? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, I, as you were talking, I'm realizing, okay, now I see why Alyssa says we are so aligned. Um, you know, I, I also talk about this A to B instead of A to Z. And I, and I don't know that it's just millennials. I think it's everybody. Um, it may be more true for millennials just because social media and all of those kinds of things. But um, so many people want to get to Z. Mm-hmm. And, um, or so many people have a goal of I've got to be uber rich. Yeah. And is getting rich a great goal? Oh, I love that. I love that. So this is what I tell my clients. A lot of times when they will say, because a lot of times when they're thinking, I want to get to Z, they're also thinking, oh, this process is taking so long. I'm just so sick of this. I just want to have that goal now. Okay. So let me give you an example. I had a client last week who she's a nurse and she's like, Chloe, I just want to be debt free. Like I just, Oh, it's like so frustrating. I don't have that goal right now. I'm working so many overtime shifts. I take overtime every week. I'm never taking breaks. I'm so exhausted. I just want to have a break. And like, I just want to like work until I goal. I need to be debt free. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why do you want to be debt free? She's like, what do you mean? So I can be debt free. I'm like, okay. But why do you want to be debt-free? Debt-free is literally just is the, the number in your account. Like, why do you want that? She's like, I want to be debt-free so I have more freedom. And I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. You are giving up all of your freedom now. You are taking all the overtime shifts. You are saying no to your free time. I cannot have freedom. I cannot have this in order to have freedom. Is that right? And she's like, well, I guess, <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and so that's what I tell people all the time is like, being debt free is a cool goal. That's great. But that's being the money isn't the goal and it should never be the goal. Money is a tool to help you get the goal. And when we focus too much on the money, we focus on being debt free. We focus on paying off that credit card or doing this, that we forget that the real goal is freedom. The real goal is happiness. The real goal is more choices, whatever that looks like for you. And so don't sacrifice happiness, more freedom, more choices now in order to get that down the road. And I think there's this really, I mean, one of the biggest things I preach is sustainability. And I have a lot of clients who are so dead set on this goal down the road of like becoming debt-free. 
that they say no to the vacation or they say no to this. And I ask them all the time, like, okay, are you saying no because you don't want to go? Or are you saying no because you want to sacrifice that to be debt free? And they'll say, well, I want to sacrifice that to be debt free. And I say, okay, when's your debt free day? And let's say July 1st, 2022. I'm like, okay, what's the difference of you being debt free July 1st or July 8th? What's the difference? And they'll say, well, I, I mean, there's no difference. I'm like, okay. So if that's the time frame, and that's the difference of you going on that vacation that you really want to go to that you can't get back those memories. So you can say you're debt free one week sooner and choose that freedom now and still become debt free. Just maybe move it back a week. Is that worth it to you? And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Um, but again, my biggest thing is like having that choice because I do not yeah. want you to dread the journey to debt freedom or dread the journey to becoming a millionaire or whatever that is. I want you to enjoy that journey and, and always know that it's, you have choices. You have choices to buy something. It's never, I tell my clients, they're never allowed to say, I can't buy that or I can't have that. They are allowed to do anything. They're an adult. They're allowed to buy whatever they want. It's, do I want this instead of this other thing? Or am I willing to put my money here because that's what I value right now? And if not, okay, then I I choose to not buy that right now. Yeah, and I think it's so important um, for people to cultivate the habit of taking the vacation because if you're always pushing it off to the future, there really is no end date that it's all going to change right? It's still going to be, well, well, okay, but then this, and then this, instead of actually teaching ourselves to have some happiness or to go have some relaxation or to, to have something that we, that's really feels valuable to us. Exactly. I joke all the time that I'm the worst money coach because I don't care what's in your bank account. Of course, I want you to have, I want you to have great goals. I want you to see financial results, which people do, but I want to make sure that you're enjoying life right now. I want to make sure that you are fulfilled. I want to make sure that you're, um, you know, I have a lot of clients who they're miserable at their job and they're like, my number one goal is paying off debt. I'm like, awesome. But I want your number one goal to be making money in a way that feels good and not, I wake up every day and hate life, but I have to do it to make money. Like, how can we, how can we work on making sure that we're dealing with the things that we actually care about? So when we hit those goals, Sure, it's still a celebration, but we're not sacrificing so much on the way because exactly what you said, my worst fear is is not that my clients don't become debt-free. I know they will. My worst fear is that they become debt-free and they still feel that they feel empty or they feel unfulfilled or they feel like they didn't, you know, they they missed out or they wasted time. Like that's my biggest fear. And so um, you know, it's just so important to to realize that it's you know, deeper than money, right? Like it's, it's not about the finances. It's so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering as you're sharing, do you think that a lot of people that come to you have an unconscious victim mindset? Yeah, for sure. And I think we're taught that in a lot of ways. Like we, um, you know, I have a whole module in one of my programs on you don't have to, like, you can be the hero without being the victim and not in a, not in a sense of like, um, you know, to, to throw shame or to throw this, but a lot of times we're, you know, for me, I remember, I can vividly remember as a kid being jealous of the girl on crutches because she was getting so much attention. Like I, I remember thinking that and being like, that would be so fun to have crutches because people would feel bad for me and they'd want to like help me and they'd want to be near me and all those things where it's like, 
our culture so often idolizes that story and, and, and in a way that can become unhealthy where it's almost um, encouraged in some ways to give away our power. And so yeah. now, do I think there's absolutely exceptions to that? For sure. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't want to victim or I don't want to minimize people who have, do have that story because of things that have happened to them in their life. But a lot of times what I want to do in my main goal, especially around money, is to make you feel extremely empowered and extremely confident and extremely able to make decisions and trust those decisions. Um, and, and I don't just want to help. I mean, I work primarily with women. I help um, everyone, but I don't just want to help women become wealthy. I want them to feel wealthy and I want them to feel confident and I want them to feel those things so they don't have to go back to those old stories that aren't serving them, whether it's a, a victim story or, or, or not. What's one of your favorite uh, success stories with one of your clients? Oh my gosh, where to start? I have so many. Um, I just recently, this is top of my mind because I just talked with her yesterday. So one of my clients, she graduated from our our signature program is Wealth Accelerator. It's like our transformational program. She graduated from Wealth Accelerator a year ago. Since then, she's paid off 100% of her debt. It was like over $30,000 of credit card debt, student loan debt. Um, she started a business. Her business is booming. It's growing like crazy. And she's like, I've been able, I, you know, I took a trip. I bought a Peloton. I did all these things. And she was talking to me and she was like, it is so wild to me that I have so many money wins. I paid off my debt. I did this, all this stuff. And I have an emerge. I have a fully funded emergency fund of this. And she's like, and I, those things seem to matter less and less and less to me. Because I, I feel like I feel more and more empowered that I can do anything I want to, that I have so much more freedom and so much more choice that even though those things are so cool and I'm so proud of them, they matter the least to me. And to me, that is like the best testimonial that I can get because it just shows that, and it happens all the time. My clients, I'm like, what are your top wins? And they're like, I'm happy. And I'm like coming from the girl who just paid off $15,000 of credit card debt, that's her biggest win. Like that makes my heart just explode because these people who come into my programs and say, all I want to do is pay off my credit card debt. All I want to do is do this. I want to learn how to invest. I want to do this. All of a sudden, you know, they like raise, they lift their eyes and see the bigger picture and realize, well, like that's not the point. I was missing it and now I get it. So that to me, those will always be like my favorite success stories. That is so awesome. I love that. And I'm wondering, because you work with a lot of women, does the conversation about gender ever enter the picture? For sure. And um, I mean, I definitely consider myself a feminist, but I one thing I'm really passionate about is making sure the conversations um, are all about ways that you can have more power and not ways of... Um, not disempowering. And so what I mean by that is I cannot dismantle all the problems or all of the systems in place today, right? I can't dismantle the, you know, dismantle the patriarchy in one day. I can't do that. But what I can do is have the conversation and say, Hey, you know, women are X amount less likely to negotiate their starting salary. Let me teach you how to negotiate your starting salary. So you can make sure that when you're going to get a job, you're starting at the same place as your male counterparts who are more likely to negotiate. Instead of saying, 
hey, you know, you're you're less you're going to make less. And that's just how it is because you're a woman. You know, that's the conversation that I want to have is one of the, here's the statistic. Here's what we can do about it. And here's not only what you can do about it in your life, but go and talk to your friends about it. When you're at brunch with your girlfriends, ask them if they're going to negotiate their starting salary. If you have a friend who's doing this, have those conversations and let that be a conversation that women can claim too. Um, I joke about this all the time, but the only people that ask me about finances in my personal social life are men. Men talk to me, hey, you know, what do you think about Tesla stock? What do you think about this? Or, oh, you're the money girl and have conversations. And while I love those conversations, they're always with men. And if they're with, if I'm having those conversations with women, I'm starting them. And I'm okay with that. I love it. But I, that's one of my big things is I want more women to make money a conversation that they claim in their normal day-to-day life. Because I think that in so many ways, it, it just increases not only your confidence to talk about it, not only how you advocate for yourself, but just that day-to-day understanding of you deserve to be in those conversations just as much as your male counterparts do. I love that. I love I love the work you're doing. Um, we have, we're going to jump to the fast five because we're uh, down to the wire here. So I'm going to ask you five questions. Top, top of the top of the head. No, no biggie there. What, okay. cebra- what celebrity would you meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee? Oh my gosh. Um, probably Emma Watson because we just watched Harry Potter last night and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you wish would come back into fashion? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if this has ever been in fashion, but like ma- wearing matching sweatsuits out everywhere. That's my dream. <laughs> my dream. And what's the most daring thing you've ever done? Man, um, probably either skydiving or quitting my steady corporate job at 22. What's the worst gift you ever received? Oh my gosh. I probably have a lot. Um, one time an, a boyfriend of mine, when I was younger, gave me a used gift card that he didn't want anymore for my birthday. <laughs> Did it at least have all the money on it or no, it was, it was like there's like $32 and 16 cents on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap. <laughs> oh my God. If you could travel back in time, where, what year would you travel to and why? Um, I think I, as long as I wouldn't change anything about the future, you know, like if you travel back in time and you like take a step on the ground and then, you know, like all of the like Malcolm Gladwell, but so I wouldn't want to change anything, but I think I would honestly just go back to my childhood to a time of like being very innocent and naive about just playing in the backyard and like being so carefree. I think that's one of the biggest things I'm working on this year is having more play and more fun time instead of constantly being like, hustling for this goal, working towards this, doing this. I, I want to do less, be more just in the now, in the right now. And so I think probably just as a kid playing in my back, playing tag in my backyard. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I think we could all use a little bit of time travel for that, for sure. Um, so we're at our sweet spot, our M&M moment, our money and motivation. Can you give the listeners a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom, something that they can take away? Absolutely. Um, I I think if I'm going to give one piece of advice, it would be that your dream isn't stupid. One of the biggest things that I've learned, especially working with women, is that once they figure out finances, oftentimes they'll tell me a dream of theirs. Once they do that, they told themselves that isn't possible because I'm in credit card debt. That isn't possible because I need this job, because I need the money. And so a lot of times I'll hear 
well, I mean, it's always been my dream to start this business or do this, but it's just so stupid. Like I could never do it. And my belief is that if it's on your heart, it's put on your heart for a reason that you were meant to go and do that. And so um, just always remembering that whatever it is, no matter how big or small, put it into the world, write it down, tell your friends, tell your partner, and just start making steps towards it because it's not stupid if it's on your heart. I love that. I think that is so important. And I think that holds so many people back yeah. um, because they do have that belief. It's stupid. People will laugh. Um, I'm not worthy. So, oh, that's, I love that. I love that. Um, well, you know, I, this has been such an amazing conversation and I love that your company is deeper than money um, because I too believe uh, that money is an amazing thing. It helps us. Um, it's a tool for a lot of resource to be able to help other people, to retire our parents, um, to do all kinds of things, but it is deeper than money. And this awareness that you're sharing with people and this empowerment that you're teaching people, it's out there. It is possible for everybody. Um, and that we just have to be willing to do some of the work and know that we're not going to get from A to Z in one easy step, that we're going to have to go from A to B and B to C. Um, but that it's doable. Um, as long as you know, uh, that you've been holding on to beliefs that aren't serving you. Exactly. Uh, I, I, yeah, this is just, uh, it's awesome. I love what you're doing. Where can people find you online or social media? For sure. And this was so fun to chat. I mean, I, I feel like we could have done this for like two hours and it would have flown by. Absolutely. I could go for the whole day. I could (laughs) go the whole day. We need like a half day (laughs) conference, but yeah, so we are, we're deeper than money. You can search us on any social media platform. My favorite platform is probably Instagram. Um, you can find me if you search deeper than money, it's deeper period than period money. Um, but really wherever you hang out, we're there. We have a podcast, deeper than money podcast. We have a free Facebook group, um, that we, you know, go live and answer questions. in. so any social media, whatever's your favorite search us. Um, and yeah, tag me if you're listening to this, tag me in it so I can, Say hi, answer questions, and um, just hear your thoughts on it. Absolutely. Well, we'll put all that in the notes and we will definitely push out all that information because we want to help you on your crusade. Because again, I think what you're doing is awesome. And especially women need to know that it's possible, that they can do it. So I really, really... uh, applaud what you're doing. I want to say to our listeners, um, please don't forget to share the love, like, follow, and share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player or visit Apple Podcasts and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the line in the description below. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. For many more tips, tools, or to learn how to have a healthier relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. Chloe, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with our listeners. You bring a lot of wisdom, and I, I really appreciate what you brought. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. 